and welcome to Real Professional, the show where we talk to real professionals from around the gaming industry. I'm Jan Solstrom from DreadXP, today joined by William Somewhat from Somewhat Software. Say hi, William. Hey, hi. How are you doing? Doing well. And uh, my co-host today is Ted Hinchke from also DreadXP. Yo. Say hey. hi, Ted. What's up? How's it, how's it going, everyone? Good to be here again. So today we're going to talk to William about his game Spectacle that's out in two days at the time of recording. So, DJ, drop that sick beat. So William somewhat from mm-hmm. somewhat software. Yes. Um, have you ever built your own PC? Uh, I, I, I have actually like the, the PC I'm working on right now has been built. Uh, yeah. From yeah. The, okay. the, the, the lamest Corsair buddy I could find cause it was the cheapest cause I'm not interested in looking at my PC. So yeah. And I, I, I bought my, my graphics card like uh, just before the big, like, craze of everybody buying up for to, to, to farm to, to Bitcoin and stuff like that. So it, it barely, it's, it's like the minimum required to make VR. So that's, it's the cheapest like graphics card I could find at that time. Okay. Ted, what about you? I always build my own PC cause I'm the fucking Superman. Okay. Well reported from our friends over at PC gamer, um, new cases, have sharper angles. There have been numerous reports of people cutting their hands open, trying to fit their hands into cases. Okay. I've you're fuck. I know that you're you're gonna make fun of this, but this is a real issue. I'll let you finish your bit, but I I need to stand <laughs> up for all the gamers with with dainty hands out there, and I will as soon as you're done ripping us apart. So, well, no, you say dainty hands, but the problem I have is I have you know I'm massive. I have massive hands, and sometimes trying to get in there to certain parts. Uh, absolutely ruins my hands. I've cut myself more than once working on PC builds. But go ahead. Yeah, that's my bit, Ted. No, I mean, I can understand that it's a luxury problem. I'll look at my case right now. It's very, like, I would call it, like, Hellraiser Square. Like, it's very, like, it's, like, Cenobite designed, where there's, like, lots of places where you can, like, accidentally cut yourself so you can bleed on the floorboards and resurrect uh, your your brother's uh, mangled... Uh, half corpse because he's stuck between realms because he jizzed on the floor right before he died. That's in the book. You can read it. Uh, the Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. Um, but that's basically whoever designed my case is someone who's constantly looking for me to like nick odd angles of my hands, elbows, even feet if I'm getting creative enough with my case design. And uh, I'm looking at my like old case, which is uh, somewhere, you know, off to the left here. Uh, you'll have to visualize this in your very imaginative brain box. Uh, it's very smooth edges, very smooth corners, um, and I, I don't understand why we had to go with the brutalist design for uh, PC cases going into the future. Um, I, I don't think that they're necessarily even more efficient, uh, and I, I, you don't get that much more like internal space. I, I just it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and uh, I think that yeah, definitely divine, designed by uh, the Cenobites, uh, specifically trying to figure out which Cenobite would most likely design the spiky box. Probably the, probably the one with CDs in his head from like the fifth Hellraiser. Ooh, yeah, that was the Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth is the one that I think had CDs oh, in his okay. head. Yeah. And there's one with the, the camera face as well, correct? The, 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 the uh, Yeah. The kind of alien I think I killed someone with it. Yeah. I think I know why we moved to the, uh, the Cenobite Brutalist PC cases. And that's because Alienware has a patent on all smooth rounded oh, cases of Alien. Now. Yeah. Cause they, the, the Alien, they, they've got the patent on Alien, the movie. Yeah. Geiger esque soft surface round edges cases. I'd take that. But yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of your gamer safety update. Maybe wear a glove, like a cut proof glove whenever you're working inside your PC case to save yourself a headache. Just to stay safe there, out there, guys. You don't want to be sentiment and no dead stepbrothers or full brothers that bang your wife and end up taking your skin. That's just a, a bad weekend. Have any of you I'm seen glad that Hellraiser? We're talking. Am, I, am I the only one that's seen Hellraiser? No, no, no. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about Hellraiser <laughs> because uh, William's Game Spectacle 
it gave me some hardcore Hellraiser vibes at certain points. And was that was that something you were going for, William? Not at all. Um, what? <laughs> Have you never I'm, seen I'm, Hellraiser? I I've seen them like I don't know, like a few a few decades ago. It's been a it's been a very long while. Well, you got to be clear because there's Hellraiser one through three, which you probably could have seen decades ago. But then there's Hellraiser. Well, I think Hellraiser four was Adam Scott's like first film debut. Uh, the guy from Parks and Recreations, he plays a, a sex wizard named Jock, and I'm sure he wants the world to forget that, but I won't let them. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then like there's like five, six, seven, eight, and then Revelations, uh, and then Judgment is the newest one, which is 10, and that came out like two years ago, so you couldn't have seen that one decades ago, sir. I am checking your facts in real time. Oh, I, I haven't watched any of them like past three, I guess, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to see Hellraiser 8. That's the one that takes place in a computer game. And Henry Cavill, in one of his first film roles, gets domed from a demon. Oh, that sounds great. I'm sure there's so many careers, I believe, that want their place in Hellraiser to be forgotten. Like, there's the big difference between, like, the horror icons that, like, got their start and... Not start, but, like, there's the horror icons that, like, all they're known for is that they were the main character in Hellraiser or something like that. Um... And then on the flip side, there's like people who like went on to like other things. They're like, please, no one remember I was in Hellraiser eight. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, wasn't wasn't like Billy Zane in the first Critters movie or something like that? Um, I actually okay. Sad sad factor. I actually haven't seen the Critters movies. I haven't seen Critters, and I'm gonna out myself. I haven't seen the Halloween franchise because I'm I'm a giant piece of shit. So. Wow, and that's that's like my favorite. Halloween is definitely my favorite franchise. I, so seriously, like it's on my to watch list because I, I realized how bad it is that I haven't seen it. But uh, I just I don't I I don't know why I haven't been able to push that play button. I just it's, I constantly go back to bad ghost movies over and over again. I'm like, it's I could, fine. I could watch Halloween or I could watch Ghost Ship again. And then I'm like, Ghost Ship. And then I watch the people get like cut in half by that line <laughs> set to the soundtrack of Tainted Love. And I'm like, yeah, the best part of Ghost Ship. Everybody remembers that that happens in the first five minutes of Ghost Ship. And then after that, no one knows what happens in Ghost Ship. Uh, a guy falls down a uh, uh, a elevator shaft because he's trying to make out with a hot lady, right? Yes, there's a. It's the singing woman from the part at the beginning where yeah, everyone yeah, gets yeah. cut in half. Fonka Jensen, and yeah. she's yeah, she's topless, and the guy follows her into an elevator shaft. It's almost Looney Tunes esque the way that it plays that gag. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I think that there's like literally a part in uh, uh, Until Dawn that's like basically the same. So. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I love Until Dawn. Not Until Dawn. Sorry, that's not what I meant. Um, I meant uh, Man of Medan. The Man of Medan, yeah. Yeah, Dark Pictures. Of oh, Man yeah. There's a sexy lady that's like trying to seduce the, the bro guy. And he's like, what? I'm a bro guy. And I'm like, good writing game. It's such a good game. All of those games are good. I've not played uh, Little Hope yet, but I plan on it at some point. Yeah. But I want to talk about Spectacle, which what I thought just had... just our podcast where we never bring up William's games? We just talk about shitty movies the whole time. <laughs> we just make William talk to us about the, uh, the Dark Castle film catalog. Which, where, yeah, what's your opinion on House, House of Wax? Of Wax? Yeah, what do you think about House of Wax, Will? Um, I haven't seen the original. I'm kinda, I think I'm confusing it with Tourist Trap a lot, because I, I prefer Tourist Trap by far. Like it's, it's, a, it's a great movie, I think. I haven't seen Tourist Trap. I kind of see that. Yeah, they're comparable. House of Wax. I've seen Turistas. Is Turistas? It's it's they're probably the same movie, right? Like similar. Like they're all the same movie. It's all like some killer, and then someone like you know gets like fingers and toes cut off, and the audience goes ah. (laughs) Does does anyone get their fingers or toes cut off in Tourist Trap by a serial killer? Um, no. But there are figures are like mannequins used to make people or whatever, and it's. Oh. It's, more, it's, it's not exactly the same as tourist uh, as as a uh, as a uh, uh, wax house of wax yeah. or, or wax works. I'm thinking about the game now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm I'm really like I'm out of the wax loop. That's the thing. Are you, I mean, are you think when you thinking of wax works? Are you also thinking of Bone Works, the VR game? Um, nope. Okay, because I, I, that's a VR. Because you were talking about VR earlier and how you like to yep. be set up for VR. So I was yep. wondering. Yep. Uh, if if that was there was some kind of connection there that I could draw, I can't remember where I was going with that, but I, it was a very funny joke. I promise, <laughs> just to keep it real. 
Anyways, uh, we, we, do we want to talk about Williams games at some point? I think uh, I guess we can talk about Williams uh, upcoming game as of this recording in two days. Uh, Spectacle will be out. I th- I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly because it's stylized very heavily. It is, it is stylized to be pronounced uh, a la French. So it's spectacular. That would be very specifically. But I, I don't mind. I understand that it's, you know, it reads as spectacle and it's fine because it, it it's the same word as in like a, a show, a, a display, a spectacle. That's that's the meaning. Yeah, it is indeed a spectacle. I've, I've played through it four times now to write my review. And one thing I'll say that while reviewing it, uh, spectacle is not accepted by any like SEO checks. Like trying yeah. to put in the name of your game, like SEO does not care for it. It's like, no, that's not a real word. That's not a thing. I, I tried yeah. to look up spectacle and then it autocorrected it to spec.tall and it told me how tall a football player was. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you found it. That's actually his game, Spectacle. You go in and it tells you how tall football players are. Oh. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's for Fantasy League. It's uh, it's a tool. Well, be prepared yeah, to make I mean, a lot of money. That would that would make money. <laughs> I don't know what we're I made doing all selling my horror games on the internet. That's a fucking loser's racket. We should be fucking gambling. That's way more money. I, mean, I, I made was, all I was, my picks best based on Spectacle. <laughs> yeah, so like Mounds of Flesh are going to win this year and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's because most of football is like unholy mounds of flesh are usually winning every year. <laughs> yep, yep. It's basically body horror. Yeah, it uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't. I, I got an email about it from you, and I was like, okay, yeah, we've definitely covered. St- I've covered stuff like this. So I sat down to play it, and I was immediately drawn in because the framing narrative is you're in an apartment, like your first night there. You just moved in. You still got boxes. The pictures are still wonky. And you've got like, you know, the background TV noise that everybody I like to have a TV on whenever I'm working, just some background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but you created some public service announcements out of old, like royalty free footage. Yeah. And it is man, it's out there. <laughs> Good. I wanted that. I wanted to get that feeling like that, that weird feel of watching like, you know, the 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 the, the TV programming that people put. Uh, like on at 2 a.m. back in the 90s, like the the, the stuff people didn't want to see or the, the the less popular stuff or just the filler filler television content, basically. And that's what I wanted to try to do. And that's what got me into like trouble with uh, Steam. <laughs> so, yeah. How so? Yeah. Yeah. What, what yeah. gets trouble with Steam? I want to know about that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, because um, some of the footage that I used uh, star like actual, of course, all of it stars actual actors. And um, that's always like a big, like a, a big problem with Steam. Steam wants to know if the actors have been cleared and if everything's good. And especially the footage that I used about like some kinky activities. You, you got girls in pennies and bras just, just petting their, each other's butts. And it's very playful. It's very light. But uh, Steam was like, that's sexual activities with actors. We don't want that. And so they banned the game. Really? That's interesting. Because uh, yep. you, you can have, like, sexual content on Steam. As long oh, as you absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can. There's, there's now a, an adult filter. There's an adult tag. And you can have, like, a, like, basically pornographic games, games with sexual content. Uh, but as long as it's drawn... As long as the characters aren't that's real. super interesting, yeah, and that's the thing. But then again, those characters could be like voice acting, so there's an actor implied in that work, but that's accepted. Like there's the visuals, like the I yeah, think that's interesting. I think the 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 um the 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 the, the thought behind that was like they don't want to get into revenge porn territory, like where people suddenly are not are taking back their consent of being filmed doing those things. Yeah, I actually think that I could probably identify a much easier reason why. And it's probably that um, because Steam Steam's verification process is like, you know, they're not very hands on with the studio. They're like, okay, does it pass these checklists? Um, Have you released any other games on Steam? Well, yes. Okay, yeah. So it's like, you know how it is like Steam is pretty hands off. Like they might be like, oh, this asset's out of place, but whatever. Like you can release a lot of things on Steam. Um, and I bet you that it's mostly just the case that they can't verify that the contracts were made like sufficiently for like the, the pornographic material. And they just really don't want to get like in uh, uh, the line of fire of lawsuits. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But like it's it's public domain footage from the 40s and 50s. These people are dead. 
I, I agree yeah, with <laughs> I agree with you. Bill. So like, that's I, that's I kind of whack. And yeah. uh, they didn't ask for any um, papers or verification. They didn't give us a chance for that. Yeah, they were like let, let me let like, me let me be clear. Will I agree that it's silly puritanical nonsense? That being said, my my role in this pod is generally to be like. Here's like how that could probably happen in a more like uh, like, oh, this is probably the explanation behind it kind of way. I, and not to say that I disagree that uh, it's it's kind of nonsense. But, you know, oh, no, I I rationalized in a similar way. And I was like, like the, 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 the person that reviewed my game was like, that's that's easy. There's an actor within there in underwear. Let's just block that and keep keep reviewing other games. I don't have all day reviewing that. That, yeah. that filth. So yeah, yeah, I, I believe there was like a very, I usually the most mundane explanation is the correct one. I right. think in most situations. So yes. Yeah. So had, did you consider at that point to remove that content just for the Steam edition or what? If they were willing to listen to me, yeah, I, I I responded to their message and I told them we can remove it. Like it's it's obvious if you boot up the game, it's obvious that it's like. It's only the, the 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 TV screen like footage. We can just turn that off or change it, edit it, which I which I did. So there's a there's a version I would like to present to Steam that's sitting on my computer right now, but it's not gonna. They're not interested in in, in seeing it again because like it's been. Um, uh, there's another reviewer because it's always a different name because those people are like it's it's a big company mm-hmm. and another another reviewer defended the first reviewer's decision and was like, nope, we're not accepting that so it's like all right but i didn't even get the chance to upload a new build to show them my goodwill and that's that's the only thing that's really like bugging me right now oh so the game didn't just get like like they didn't just say like you know resubmit for review it got like downright like axed like banned yeah it got banned on the first try and so i all i'm all i was asking was like a second try so i just just show them look it's it's different now it should be fine yeah, that's crazy. I I didn't realize that. That I, I thought you were just saying that like they rejected it, but no, to actually ban it, that's that's pretty crazy. I, I don't like. Yeah. I I actually have never talked to someone that's had their game banned on Steam, and there's been like I I, I like talk to people that make porn games. So yeah, that's well. I mean, the only example I could think of was like Super Seducer Two, and I'm not. I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a weird that's a weird dichotomy too, because like you know, it's not like your your content is similar. To what makes Super Seducer an issue, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, you, you could reasonably make like the argument that Super Seducer being uh, banned from Steam is sort of a political move, sort of. I mean, I'm, I don't know, but um, mine is just like, yeah, no, they they saw the easiest way out and they took it and they yeah. banned the game. So that's kind of sad. Yeah, I've uh, I've played far more. I've played games that are far more intense and far more uh, graphic than Spectacle. Uh, oh, Spectacle sure. has, I would say, light, severely light. You know, public access, nineteen sixties, nineteen fifties erotica. And um, I, I agree, all these people are dead. Just send an email to Steam. Uh, no subject line, just the body. Just says dead. They're all dead, and that that'll get you settled right there. For sure. I mean, it is. I don't want to get too much into this conversation since it's a fucking death trap, but it is kind of funny that like content that was created in the 50s and 60s, which we consider to be like a far more puritanical time, like is cause for banning something in 2020, which we like to consider to be like a more like liberated time, you know, less, Mm. less like funky about sex and stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was I was careful to not like have any uh, actual nudity. Like even in in the original game, there's no nudity. Every everything is is properly edited to look like nobody's ever naked, and so that's not the issue. The issue is truly the context of the activity that they're doing, and that's like some kinky light padding bondage. That's yeah, and I well, I mean, that's that's their decision. That's it's their platform. It's their decision. I can. I, I guess I can accept that, but it's, yeah, well, it's kind of throws a wrench on our plans for 2021. Yeah, no, I'd be pissed. I mean, like, yeah. just for real, like, I mean, like, mm. if, I mean, what I've pushed, what, to Spookware just got approved. So, like, five games through the Steam process now, and it's like, 
I, I can't imagine what it would be like to work on a game for, for months and months, expecting it to be on the largest PC platform and then just like a brick wall like that. That sounds fucking awful. Yeah, it's yeah. No, I was I was angry at the uh, at, at, at the time, at the moment, the morning I, I learned that. But, but, you know, I, I've lived with that for a few weeks now. It's kind of getting better. But uh, what did I want to say? Uh, the only lesson here is don't put video in your games. <laughs> don't 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 chance it. That's all. Yeah, no, that's that's rough. Um, and before we get too much on diversions as to like <laughs> what constitutes like a rightful banning or whatever, because that's definitely what I would like to divert the conversation to. We should probably talk about like what's in the game. And honestly, I, I've played your other games, but uh, uh, Jan's over here is the only one that's actually played the new one because he got the code for it. So. And I and I won't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, he talks about it a lot in the writer's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious. He's like, you got to play, you got to play, you got to play it. And I'm like, I don't play oh, yeah, games, I kept on, nerd. I kept on posting screenshots that I took from my review, and every single one is like a work of art to me because it's just I was taking screenshots of the zaniest shit. At one point, I was holding the lubricant, which is an item you can find in the game. Yeah, and there were, and I was watching the TV in the game, and there was like dudes in jock straps on the screen, and I was like, that's the funniest screenshot I've ever seen. <laughs> So I've just been peppering that <laughs> yeah, the, throughout our chat. Yeah, the uh, the lube item has been. Um, I I don't I don't think I I even consider the virality of the thing, but it's yeah. Everybody sees that it's one of the only games where there's lube as an item. <laughs> so I guess that's <laughs> yeah, that's a milestone right there. It's uh the the setup is just so good being in that apartment, and it's not outwardly. It's kind of like um what's that game called? Ted helped me. Uh, Kitty Horror Show. Anatomy. There we go. Yes. It Where the house, like nothing, you, you don't get murdered. Nothing's chasing you. You're just experiencing more and more strange things, depending on what you do in the house or in the apartment. Yes. And I really felt like it felt some of the parts felt like Hellraiser. And I'm surprised that wasn't an inspiration because there were some real Hellraiser-y parts like um, that room with the pistons with a prompt to stroke them. I was like, oh, that's some real Clive Barker stuff. <laughs> well, I've, I've read Clive Barker. I haven't seen much of the movies or adaptations, and I, I've never played like the game, the Xbox 360 game he made. Jericho? I'm, yeah, uh, was yeah, was it Jericho? Are you talking yeah. about? Well, Undying wasn't 360. Clive Barker's Jericho was on the PS3 360, oh, no. yeah, and Jericho. I mean, Undying I think was a PC exclusive in the early 2000s. I think 2001. Yeah, the, the one with the SWAT team of bros and yeah, it's, Jericho. It's, it's Jericho, Jericho, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep, Undying was 2001. I'm so fucking good at this mm-hmm. game of <laughs> knowing all the things about stupid horror games. Mm. I have an awful memory. I can watch a movie and just forget the biggest parts of it, like right after finishing it. It's it's awful. I only remember the That's, bad things, <laughs> like people getting cut in half. Yeah, in ship. Yeah, yeah. We're like the the shittiest found footage movies that we watch. I'm like, oh yes, this is uh, the exact plot of uh, the Fear Tapes 3 a.m., which is the third film in the Fear Tapes series. That was okay. Yeah, like I remember that 315 had a really good segment of the guy going through like um, purgatory, remember? And um, yeah. that was a good one. But all I remember is the bear. Like the <laughs> bad CGI bear. But anyways, um, I, I just made two jokes that like one person listening to this in the entire play will be like, oh, like that's so funny. It's me. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's they're me. making jokes for each other. That's the podcast. <laughs> anyways. No, Spectacle is... Uh, like, it sucks that Steam won't release it because I don't see anything in it as being that untoward. But at the same time, horror fans will want to seek that game out because it is top-notch experimental horror. I, I think I called it a psychosexual thriller in my uh, review, which I feel is correct for, like, one of the playthroughs. Because yeah. that's the other thing, like, different endings, you get kind of different. It's all up for interpretation. It feels like a big old Rorschach test. Like, what you bring in is what you take out in Spectacle. I I hope that's the uh, feeling that people take away from that um, because it's um it's a very personal game like as in I know exactly what it's about but I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about that because I don't want I want everybody to just go in and 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 feel their way to the to the end to one of the endings. Yeah, I, I saw just not to spoil anything for anybody, but I saw themes in the, my different playthroughs of like medical anxiety and sexual frustration and there's just so many like freud would have a field day with spectacle 
Like there's so many <laughs> angles to come at it from. Like while yeah. I was playing it, I was like, huh, okay, I found this and that's okay. And you could waste, not waste, but you could spend a whole, no, a whole day just trying to figure out what it's all about, like each ending. And it's so, it's, I have to give you props because it's very impactful for a playthrough only taking 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, you, I think everybody can see all the endings in like two hours at best. That's, that's, yeah, one the, that's, that's one of the drawbacks of publishing on Steam is that I make short games. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not what Steam is all about. Yeah, unfortunately. I think there's, I think there's room for shorter games, though. Like uh, some people, especially me as I'm getting older, I'm 31, I'm, I'm super old. As Ted likes to say, I'm 250 years old. And at my age, uh, it's nice to be able to play a game that I can complete in 45 minutes to an hour and be good. And yeah, it took me about two hours, hour 30 to get three of the endings. And then I found out about the fourth ending from you on our Twitter DM. And I was like, oh, no, I have to go back. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, that's the thing I was going to do anyway. But I, so, I like a shorter yeah. game. Yeah, I, ahead, I, I, no, I agree. It's, um, I make, I make the games I want to play. Basically, that's the, the big idea. And we are working on a bigger game because we want to, want to, we want to play that, that Steam algorithm, uh, algorithm. So we need to make a game that's like more like two, three, four, five hours long. So we want to make a more involved experience. That's what we're working on right now. But, um, all my older games, uh, which Spectac, uh, is part of, cause it was the original version was out in, in 2019. And so the, the band edition, which was supposed to be the Steam edition, just, uh, will come out like on October, August, uh, 18th, two days from now. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I want, I, I, I want short games. I, why would I spend, like, I'm a big fan of Far Cry, but I can't, I can't play Far Cry. I'm, I can't, not anymore. <laughs> it's too long. It's too big. The, the map's too too wide. It's uh, it's too many objectives. It's not that's that's a young man's game. <laughs> Far Cry, the young man's game. <laughs> I I do enjoy a Far Cry game though. Well, Far Cry Two is probably my favorite game, favorite like shooter at least easily of all time. And in one of my game design classes, I met like uh, one of my um, teachers was a producer for Far Cry Two, and I was like. Like a fangirl. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I almost brought my copy to, for, for him to sign. Almost. I didn't. <laughs> you sure you probably You should have just. <laughs> yeah, just shoot your shot, William. Just take uh, it to him. I uh, should have, should have. I can still contact him, I guess. <laughs> so, your games, uh, I've played Spectacle. I'm familiar with um, I Make Saints. Mm hmm. Are you okay? So, like, um, Junji Ito, the horror manga artist, mm -hmm. draws terrifying things, writes terrifying stories, is generally like the happiest dude. Is that is that where you're at? Are you like the happiest dude, and your games are just severely dark and distressing? I like to think I'm a very funny person. It doesn't show right now because I mean, you know, I'm I'm funny in French, but like in English, maybe maybe not so much. There's a language barrier for my uh, sense of humor. Uh, but yeah, I think these games are there to, to help me like, you know, just work shit out. I'm, <laughs> that's basically it. It's just, um, everybody playing my games are like, you're, you, you're all my, my therapists. That's basically it. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I was going to say, keep that in your back pocket for your Netflix comedy special, Funny in French. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah, was just sure. saying that that would be like a comedy, <laughs> like, 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 like a, like a comedy movie starring Emma Stone and like Jean Renault or like Vincent Castle. And like, basically she learns, she finds a magic book that like lets her speak French, but she doesn't know what she's saying. And everyone just thinks that she's really funny. And like, she be, has this like famous comedy career in French, but she doesn't get her own jokes. And she's feeling like, like a, like a fraud. And then like Marion Cotillard's in it. Cause she's in all the movies where you need a French lady. Funny I'd watch French. it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be a solid movie. <laughs> and then it yeah. turns out that she's actually just speaking French Canadian, and all the French people are just laughing at her because of the accent. <laughs> yeah, that's we are in a very specific situation as French Canadians. Like I grew up on like comedy troops from Quebec, and so that's that's even like more specific. Like my humor is very tailored to like the 
people I know, I guess, like to my, my province, my family, my, my immediate friends. And that's, that's it. So I'm super funny guys. You gotta believe me. There was a French comedy troupe I watched called, I believe it was called the kids in the hall. Right. I remember this is probably 20 years but, ago. But these guys are from Toronto. They, they're not, they're not French Canadians. I don't know the difference oh. and I'm not going to learn William. So that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, they, they are funny. We are like, as if, if I can call myself a Canadian, like, as opposed to French Canadian, like it's the kids in the hall is a, is a point of pride. They're very good. Some of the, some of their stuff maybe hasn't aged well, but I mean, you know, what comedy from the nineties hasn't. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing though, about like the age of, of comedy, like how comedy ages is it kind of goes in and out. Like there's like, it does saying that something didn't age well is like, it'll probably age back into being funny. Like it's like a, it's like the thing about, um, like jokes about tragedies, right? Like it probably was like really, really uncouth to joke about the civil war for like 30 years or like 40, maybe 50 years. But now you can make civil war jokes all the time and no one gives, Oh, sorry. American civil war. I don't know if there was a Quebecian civil war against uh, Canada or whatever, but I'm saying is that like, you know, the, 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 it's like tragedy plus time equals comedy. But then on the inverse, there's like things that were funny, stop being funny over time. And uh, I think it's mostly just based on, like, the zeitgeist of the time. And the zeitgeist is, like, constantly shifting, like, you know, from back back between, I don't want to say conservatism to liberalism. That's not really the, the back and forth in my eyes. It's more about, like, what things in isolation are, like, considered no longer, like, untouchable um, and can once well, again be joked about. Well, I think a, a good example of that is I keep seeing, like, memes about, like, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. And it's like... Back when it, back when Kurt Cobain took his own life, that was like a, a very weird moment. Like as I was, I was a kid back then, and I, that's the first time I've heard about suicide. And I was like, wow, you, that's that's you can do, that's an option. You can do that. And the whole thing, like where where people thought uh, Courtney Love maybe killed Kurt Cobain, that was a heated heated debate, a big 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 thing uh, back in the day. And now people just do memes about it, and it's like, yeah, the new. COVID variant is Courtney Love. She's going to kill. Yay. And that's like, wow, that's we're, we're there now where we're, we are in the moment where the, the Kurt Cobain killing himself is now a legend. It's now back too far in the past. And our people are born and they, they learn about it like very late in life and they don't care as much as people did care when it happened. And I think a lot of comedy works that way. It's like if you didn't live, I didn't live like through World War One, World War Two. I can play games and make fun of those games like to, that take place in during these conflicts, and I'm I'm gonna sleep well at night. That's just how I am. Yeah, that's I was how everybody to, is. I was talking to uh, this young woman that was going to to college, and basically it's like family friend, and uh, she's going to the same college I was, so I was kind of giving her the lowdown on what the school's like. And it, it like struck me as I was talking to her that she was born after nine eleven, and that she's like going to college now. And I'm like, that's such a weird fucking feeling for me. It it is weird. I remember where I was. <laughs> September, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. September. Well, I just, I just, I just can imagine us being like sixty or seventy, and like talking to grandkids and being like, "Well, be careful not to say this joke in public, or else people will yell at you on Twitter." And they're like, "Grandpa, like Twitter died in the social media wars forty years ago. What are you talking about?" And like, I'm gonna be like, "Ah, oh, my brain, I can't handle it anymore." But like, we're gonna be like, kind of when my grandpa's like, you know, gotta be sure not to hold hands you know, in, in, with a, with a, like a guy in public or else people are going to think you're a gay. And I'm like, come on, grandpa. That's like, so like, well, he's dead now. So I guess he wouldn't say anything, but that's like, so like 90 years ago, you know? And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting to think about like, cause we, we of course think that we're on the forefront of the future being young people. And we are in some ways, but you know, we don't think about like in 30, 40 years, once these habits that we've like solidified as our personality and have come to define us for like decades, like what that's going to look like to the younger generation as they like do or don't care about the same things. Oh, I remember uh, saying in back in my game design classes that I was like, there will come a point where technology will come out that where, where everybody in this class will be like, you know, just out of that league and I just, just don't, won't understand. And everybody laughed at me at that point, but it's like, it's, it's coming like the new, Social media platforms keep coming up with new stuff, quick stuff. And it's like, I don't understand. I don't care. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to 
you know, I, sh- I should have a TikTok account, for example, yeah, for exactly. somewhat software. I should. I don't entirely get TikTok. And by that, I mean, I, I understand like the platform and its functions, but I don't get the culture of it. And will I make like a faux pas if I try to joke about it on it? I, I don't know. No idea. And do I have the time to spend entire afternoon just watching TikToks to get a feel for it? I don't. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, I, know what you, I know what you mean. It's hard to learn new things when you're getting old and your brain is starting to become calcified. I'm, well, just, I, I'm, the same, I'm in the same boat, by the way. I'm not trying to be insulting. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, I mean, it's is, is it because we're calcified or is it because we are putting it against a lot of other shit that we know and whether or not it like confronts the stuff we know uh, or deconstructs it or brings something new or you just go, I don't I wouldn't have done it that way, <laughs> I guess. So. There's a lot of like experience versus new stuff. It's kind of, there's a conflict there, I think. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, there's a good, I, that's a good point. Go ahead, Jans. I live next door to my 92-year-old great-grandfather. And if you want to talk about people that were totally on board and good with everything in a past generation, that's him right there. Like, he has some very, uh, he was my age now in 1959. So whenever he was my age, the forefront of medical technology was putting an ice pick directly into people's brains. And I think we've moved past that as a society now, uh, lobotomies. I hope we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's, it is crazy to think about it. It isn't that long ago. And, like, you know, I remember asking my grandfather before he passed, you know, did you ever think you'd live to see, like, gay marriage legalized? And, by the way, he wasn't, like, my grandfather wasn't a bigot or anything. And I would ask him, did you ever think you'd see this, live to see gay marriage legalized? He was like, I didn't think I'd see interracial marriage legalized. Like, not like he was saying, like, oh, I can't believe that happened. He was just like, I just, like, when I was growing up, there was the law and there was the things and then they changed. And it's like, it's so much change. And it's, like, kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, that's kind of the the general feeling. I, I don't think our brains are getting calcified. They might be, but I think a lot of it is... Um, <laughs> We just I'll, really, yeah. I'll resist that notion a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I spent my my teens and my 20s being on the forefront of everything. You know, you had to be, what well, you know, you went from, I went from a PlayStation 2 to an Xbox 360 to playing online with people from all over the world. And that was just like, you know, unheard of, that mass, like, online gaming for everyone. Very accessible. You know, back in the day, you could play Ultima online or whatever. But it, it came to consoles in a big way i think with the xbox 360 and then from there i had to learn about everything else and steam and it's just i learned all this stuff these zoomers should leave me the fuck alone about learning their stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm becoming an old man like i'm like young people leave me alone i already know what i need to know like i signed up yesterday for a c plus plus uh unreal course because i want to make a game and i'm like why am I still learning stuff at 31 years old? I shouldn't have to. This is Zoomer work. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I, I especially for programming, I can't. I can't learn that. I've tried it like three times throughout my life, and whether it's old age, because I'm 40, maybe that's a that's a thing nobody knows. But um, whether it's old age or just the way my brain works or my attention span, I cannot get to learn programming. That's not a thing that's gonna happen. Yeah, same. I'm too busy for that, though. And luckily, I have money to pay other people to know how to do that. <laughs> That's, yeah, the dream. <laughs> That's the dream right there. <laughs> if I'm not writing or podcasting or doing narration for my other project, um, I have time. So I was like, I could probably figure it out. But if I can't, you know, it's I'm going to blame it on the generation before me because that's uh, probably that's been happening for so long that we just we get to blame the generation that comes after us, which is always good. Yeah, no, I am a big I, fan of passing the buck. That's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I was thinking about it this way, right? Because you, you're like, well, your, your game is is experiencing some uh, censorship issues, uh, you know, and, and regardless of if it's legitimate censorship or just like uh, concern about rights, there's a certain kind of like poignancy to the to the, to the point that I'm making in, in the context of now. Which yeah, is, yeah. you know, it's like, um, you know, back in the, the seven or the 80s and 90s or 70s and 80s, there was like the satanic panic, right? Where everyone mm-hmm. was like afraid of Satanism. And then like in England, they banned a bunch of movies. You couldn't get them. They were illegal movies. It'd be like, you know, like, like uh, fucking Cannibal Holocaust and some other slasher movies because uh, the moral decay, it's going to destroy our children's brains. And um, 
But the thing is, is that it's quaint now, but it was popular enough back then, like by and large, a popular social, popular enough social movement that like shit got banned. Like that really happened. It's funny to think about now, but that really happened. And then you look at things now that are getting banned uh, because, you know, people don't like the content or the context. And, you know, we're, we're living in the death of context right now with the, the the social media and stuff. It's like, you know, you just put something on social media and say, I hate this. And then all of a sudden there's the, the new mob mentality. And it's like one of those things where like that media is still going to be there in, you know, 10, 20 years for people to rediscover and go, oh, wait, isn't it so silly that everyone was so upset by this? And I'm not saying that that's like all of them, but it, it's one of those things where, like I said, you know, the more time that you get away from it, the less outrageous it seems and i do think it's there is something kind of interesting to the fact that it used to be the case that a movie like texas chainsaw massacre would have to come out and fight the critics and the censors it would fight to exist and we're like oh we're we're looking at this timeline where films are getting more and games in general are getting more open and more progressive and you can do more with them but now we have the phrase of this couldn't be made today and I, a lot of times it's like racial stuff, which I'm not, that's not what I am talking about. That's not what I am discussing here. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is like, um, you know, like the idea that uh, you can't like kill a dog in a movie nowadays. Like, that's just like people will lose their shit. And it used to be the case that we were pushing towards that more edgy and edgy content, hoping that the censors would backtrack. But now we're living in a very like Disney-fied, very smooth media landscape. Where like, you know, uh, the 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 only dog you're going to see killed is John Wick's dog and its motivation to start an entire revenge fantasy. And then, of course, you have to see at the end of the movie that he has a new dog and that dog is very happy. And like that, that's the kind of media landscape we live in where there's like no there's there's it's kind of we've smoothed out all the rough edges in the mainstream, at least, which is why indie spaces like yours are so great, which is why it's so disheartening when it gets banned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a long statement. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's a very large statement. I, I don't know. I, I feel like for the longest time, the gaming industry was working on its own um, imperatives as they didn't, they didn't want to include like, you know, representation, didn't want to include, they didn't want to make games for other people than the young male demographic. And that created like hyper violence. Like I'm very uncomfortable. I'm, I make horror games. But I'm very uncomfortable playing stuff like the new Mortal Kombat games because they are very, very real. And I mean, the, the violence is cartoony, but if it had to happen, it would probably look like that. And that's that, that's disturbing. And that's that's crazy. And all of that happened because we put like you know we we put covers over everything else. Like it's like no, don't represent. No, don't change. Don't change the formula. Just go for more, more, more violence. Whereas finally the indie games come in and take the lid off of those other stuff and just go, yeah, we can we can work in the representation. We can work in other teams. We can we can make like a, a horror game without enemies where where you can't die, where you're not threatened, which is like stuff like we do with someone's software so it's it's high time that things get no new stuff comes up that's that, that's how i see it yeah no i totally agree i think that um you know the 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 the, the cycle has always been uh indie hit then pushes whole market in new direction you know like uh like league of legends was like based off of a mod for warcraft 3 you can't get much more indie than that you know and, um, you know, and that spawned an entire genre. And, you know, Player Unknown's Battleground was spawned off of a mod for Daisy, which was a mod for Arma, which was, I wouldn't call Arma indie, but it's definitely like a niche product. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a double A at least, or, yeah. Yeah, but still, is what I'm saying is that, like, you know, those, those, those styles of games usually come from uh, a very, very niche demographic and and basically what i'm saying is that the old school days of games back when um i was growing up like mods were the indie right like you didn't have the unity tools you do today so if you wanted to make something interesting you made like a half-life mod you know what i mean yeah yeah i remember like nightmare house 2 and like all those counter-strike maps i mean i remember playing more counter-strike with like the warcraft 3 mod that made it so that like you could level up and like your grenades would like you know shoot lasers or whatever than I did in, you know, actual Counter-Strike uh, regular maps and um, like saving the servers that had the mods that you liked and like writing it down in case you're you know, you're you're automatic. You're, you're at like a land center or something you want to connect. So you have to write down what the server's called. I, I always loved that stuff. Um, 
And, you know, that kind of pushed the boundary of, you know, what what we're showing, what, what kinds of things are happening in games. And then the AAA, you know, AA, AAA then kind of takes it over and, and then does a thing with it. And then we wait for five years for something interesting to happen in indie and then everyone copies it. And that's kind of the cycle. Yes. Yes. I've, I've observed that as well. And basically what we're trying to do with Somewhat Software is just like create a lifestyle company where we can just live off of making games without like, you know, disturbing anybody else. <laughs> and so if we end up making a game that can influence other people to make the, the change the industry, that's the only way it's going to go. Because uh, I don't think we're going to ever make like a big game that would change anything. I'm very conservative in the way I... I, I structure my games. I'm uninterested in, in, in gameplay, first of all. <laughs> that's, that's something. Um, but yeah, I think as an indie, the only hope I could get is to influence like the right people to make bigger games and bigger, better games, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it was like, um, you know, if you made a good mod, like a good enough mod, they might put you on an expansion disc for their, uh, their game. That happened a lot with old FPSs. And now oh, yeah. it's, you know, yeah, that's kind of developed into, you know, the uh, the boomer shooter culture of things like Dusk and Ultra Kill and pretty much everything that New Blood does uh, just smacks of that old school FPS expansion disc feel. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's kind of the direction we're going in right now. So when is when is your shooter coming out, William? Um, I've had this idea for a shooter. I don't think I'm going to make it anytime soon because we have like ideas where we're more excited about in the pipeline first but i thought about making like a, a 70s styled um shooter where you have uh, uh telepathic powers like esp and you can just something inspired by scanners or this whole early 80s late 70s uh, craze about esps oh yeah <laughs> okay so i, I miss geller uh, fps yeah, yeah, yeah. As you're making dudes like just bending spoons, and it's like, well, that's the thing. Yeah, the the melee weapon, the base weapon is a spoon. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> the, the boss is like, "Ha, you yeah. fool! I, I didn't bring any spoons. You're powerless." He's like, "You didn't know your brain's just one large spoon." He's like, ah, and his brain head explodes. You gotta have a good yeah. cranial explosion if it's gonna be based on scanners. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Like making people uh, blow up when you're um, when you're playing Vampire the Masquerade, for example. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, these powers where you can just boil the blood and stuff like that. So yeah, basically an ESP, ESP shooter. That that would be my the game I would make. I'd be all about that. Uh, okay, so I missed the mark on Hellraiser on Barker. It's gotta be. There's gotta be some Cronenberg inspiration. If you say there isn't, I'm gonna call you a liar. Because spectacle. Oh, it is. It is. Of course. Okay. There, there, there is. Spectacle feels like Videodrome the game at some points. Yeah. There's the the whole Videodrome stage is reproduced in the game. <laughs> basically it's oh there. yeah there. yeah <laughs> yeah so, when we talked about um what was it oh lobotomies earlier there's there's a helpful lobotomy tv uh show going on in one of the playthroughs as well true yeah yeah well, that's, yeah, tied, that, that, then that's tied into the uh, medical anxiety stuff like that yeah that's like the x-ray in the fridge and i don't want to ruin anything for people because there's so much to find there's just a lot it's it's not it's not a game so much as it's like an interactive slice of terrifying life. Well, we've we've had trouble like um, explaining it to, to to potential players, like writing like the copy on the 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 the, the sale page, the, the game page on Steam and stuff like that. So basically, the the what we came to was that to call the game like a walking like a horror themed walking simulator. That's the best way I can I can make it. And we make it very clear on the game page that there's no like enemies. It's like you, we sell dread. We don't sell necessarily fear or stress or, or jump scares. We, we, yeah, we, we trade in dread. Yeah, for sure. It's got a real strong sense of like, I'm not supposed to be seeing this. Like it's not fear. It's not anxiety. It's just, it seeps dread. The whole experience, everything you find just kind of adds to it. And I think the best thing it does is, and I'll, I'll ruin this a little bit for people, but you always expect something to get you. Like you're, there's a lot of blind corners in later parts mm -hmm. so here and there, and you always expect something to get you or something to pop out. Nothing ever gets you. Nothing ever pops out. And I think that's a brilliant. Well, that's a question. Yeah. yeah, no, of course there, there, there are other, like you see bodies, you see people sometimes in the game, but they're never in the same space as you are. 
and they're never like, well, that's not true. Like the new ending has whatever. (laughs) 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 But yeah, like you're, 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 you're basically nobody ever touches you and you never touch anybody. That's, I can say that at least in the game, metaphorically, symbolically, maybe it happens, but uh, not literally in the game. No, you're safe. It's a safe horror game. If I can say that. Yeah, it's, it's safe in the sense that nothing will physically touch you, but uh, yeah. mentally, mentally is a whole nother story. Yeah. I'm just staring off in the distance while I think about like my time with the game. Uh, <laughs> it didn't hurt me physically, but mentally, no, it's it's not a harmful game in that way. It's just really well put together. It's uh, If you're a horror fan, it's, it's really something to check out. And it, it bums me out that Steam had to be like that for something that is not, it's no worse than anything else I've played. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm very curious about like the state of itch. It's been like at least two years since I've released anything new on itch, uh, like a paid game. I mean, and, um, I'm curious because in, in the, in the meanwhile, there was like the, uh, bundle for, uh, justice, social justice and everything that, that brought a lot of attention to, uh, to itch and made a lot of people create an account and made a lot of people like ready themselves to buy stuff on itch. So maybe the market is different now. But, uh, yeah, not being able to be on Steam, it's absolutely like it's a, it's a huge window of exposure that, that, that's been close to us. But maybe, maybe itch is healthier than ever. And that's what I hope for because that's where the game is. I feel like in my experience with, you know, playing a lot of horror games, a lot of indies, itch has gained a lot of market share over the last year or so. I think there's a lot, a lot more eyes on itch than there were. That's the, yeah, that's the bet I'm willing to make for this game. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not, I'm not going to lie to you and say it has as many eyes on it as Steam does, of but it co- has of course not. Yeah, significantly more than it did a year ago. People are kind of coming around to the idea of there's this other marketplace for indies, and if you want to find good horror, you can go to Itch. Like, um, it's an open secret. Like, games journalists and people who play horror games a lot already knew this, but now it's kind of starting to trickle out to the general game playing public that Itch is where a lot of the good stuff is. It's just hiding over there because. A lot of people don't use itch, but I think that's getting better and better by the month almost. Yeah. And the, um, I mean, you guys are from, uh, Dread XP, so you might know, but I mean, I think the horror genre as a, in, in the games is, uh, is treated differently. Like when I read about like, you know, business tips or stuff like uh, the way you market your game, do this, do that, whatever. I always feel like there's a, there's a caveat where like, if your game is horror, it's not going to work exactly that way. It's going to be, you're like, there's a, there's an advantage of being, of doing horror games. People seek those out actively. So like, I feel there's an opportunity there. So I think our game might have a chance. Yeah. Horror is something that, uh, I mean, Ted could probably speak to that better since he produces actual horror games. And I just write about horror games, but, uh, I definitely, whenever I sit down to look for a game, I'm looking for a horror game. Most of the time and horror fans are often seeking out horror. Yeah, I think that um, to your point about, uh, you know, what the, the, the fans are seeking out, I, I think they will. You're really right in your, your idea that, like, you know, the space is diverse. And I also think that horror is especially a, a space where, like, people are looking for things that are not necessarily within the mainstream. It's like it is the place to kind of like push those not only like societal boundaries or inclusionary boundaries, but also like gameplay boundaries, right? Like practical boundaries. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally really hope that itch gets to the point where it's like a major contender. I mean, I, I first heard about it like three years ago. I know it's been around for longer than that, but like, you know, there's, there's, it has come far, but there's still a lot further that it has to go to be the, the primary, like, or a, even a heavy hitting um, contender in the market. But I think that, you know, more exclusive itch releases would, would do wonders, but, um, you know, maybe unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, itch isn't willing to do the, the kind of knockdown drag out fights that something like Epic Game Store does, which you say what you will about the Epic Game Store. I'm not trying to take sides on that, but like that is an effective strategy to get people onto your platform and using it as a, like a primary purchase platform. And I know that there's a lot of people that like, you know, shit on it for, you know, whatever reason, but you know, now there's more and more indies that are using the Epic game store. And I, I won't say, I won't say like, you know, indies in the sense that like, you know, the, the haunted PS one stuff is indie, but you know, indies in the sense of death trash is now on the Epic game store. And I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see how that does over there. Like, is it a market 
that because of the more curated store page, because there are less things on it that will, will do well versus itch.io, which is kind of the other end of the spectrum. I mean, there's Steam, which basically lets anything on, but not literally. And there's a, like a review and screening process you have to pay to get on it. And then there's and they take um, like, you know, a good cut of your profits. Uh, and then there's itch, which doesn't really take any. And it lets just anything on. There's basically zero control on it. You can submit anything you want. Yeah. And then there's Epic Game Store, which has like significantly more control. And seeing that spectrum and seeing how, you know, they evolve is is little is going to be interesting for me in the next, you know, five, ten years. I just wish that itch would kind of be able to get its standing faster because I like a lot of the stuff on it. But that's like very fascinating to me, like this feeling of being at the right time, the right place, doing the right thing. Uh, releasing horror games in 2021 feels like it's everything converges to that point in time, <laughs> I think. just feels like it's the time is now. Yeah. And it's a very special feeling when you observe these platforms, uh, Steam, Itch and Epic. Um, there, there are changes like boiling under the surface. Stuff is going to come out. Stuff is going to change in a, in a few months, few years, but it's like, it's now. And that's very exciting to be part of that. Um, yeah, because I released the game, like Spectacular Original. Uh, the original version was released in, uh, uh, as I said earlier, 2019. And so we we're re- re-releasing it two, two years after. And it um, feels like the game is being rediscovered because the, 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 the scene has changed. Like, people have changed. Like, people are more open to that. People are more informed about horror games and more willing to go and get them. And that's, this just confirms this feeling that I have that it's right place, right time. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause, um, we're getting something similar where it's like, you know, we, we released the four collections in like a year. Um, mm. and I got really great, tired of the great, great job doing that. Just super great job. I can, <laughs> since I have a direct link to you, keep, keep, keep doing that. It's great. Well, thank job. You. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we had Spooker recently in MFN at the realms deep and it was like super mm-hmm. cool. And then a lot of the comments on the trailers are like, Dreadx Collection 5 when? And I'm like, you just got the fourth like a few months ago. Chill. Like Hey, you you, you got you got passionate people, man. That worth that's worth gold. Well, yeah, yeah I know. It's a, it's a good thing and it's a good sign. But I, and you know, it, it's sometimes, and I'm I'm sure that you can relate because of your history with game design, it can feel you can be so over not overwhelmed, but so locked in to your goals and your uphill battle that yeah. you know, when you finally get to the end of it and you you take some time to look back and you can kind of see kind of what you've created and see this kind of fan base that's grown. It's a very surreal experience. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said I was sorry for posting all those comments, Ted. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I know that we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but I do, uh, before we go, want to get a little bit um, of a story of like your history of like how you kind of got into to game design and stuff. I, um, I first uh, discovered like uh, YouTube channels, like Let's Players, like uh, John Wolf and people like that, uh, Mr. Craven and all that clique. And um, that that made me like discover the horror games because those people were just hungry for content and they were like looking for games and itch. And so I, I, I found itch through those people. And so I discovered uh, the creators that I finally like really vibe with, which were, of course, uh, Kitty Horror Show. That's not a surprise, I think. And, uh, Papa Combo back, back then when he was like just underground. <laughs> He's a big name now, but, um, yeah. And so, uh, th- those creators, uh, taught me that you can make a game by yourself, like as a solo dev. What, what I, what I came to call like, um, a micro indie. Like micro indie devs, people that are like either solo dev, self-published or one, two, three people self-published. And, um, that's, I started making games and just putting them out into the void. There was no big reaction to it. Like, uh, I make sense the first game I made, uh, in Unity 2017. I released it to no fanfare and no reaction. Nobody played that back then. <laughs> and so I kept going because I wanted to make games because before I was making music and before I was making like videos and I was, there was always, I always had to have some output out there to just work, to work shit out. And so I kept doing it in games. And yeah, so I'm now like what, five, six games deep, uh, working on a bigger one now. And, um, that's, that's why that's where I am. Yeah. Well, I really hope everyone will check out Spectacle. I loved it so much. And now that I've talked to you, maybe I'll stop bothering all of the chats that I'm in. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's interesting because like I was like, 
when I got the email about it, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure this game came out like two years ago. And like, so now that you're talking about it and it's like, oh, it's a re-release. I'm like, OK, good. I'm not crazy. I was like, am I am I nuts? Because I thought this was out. But yeah. yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. And I, I really I wish you all the best. Um, I'm, you know, whatever we can do to help promote it. I'm always on board for that. Um, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for coming in short notice. Yeah. And if people want to know where to uh, find you, where can they find you, man? Somewhatsoftware.com or uh, go on itch. Look for somewhat. Look for the games. Uh, yeah. Try to <laughs> try to search spectacle on <laughs> uh, on Google and fail. <laughs> So yeah, I'm not, I'm not very concerned about SEO stuff. Like the game, the, the company's called somewhat. Come on, I'm not that good at SEO. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, spectacle would be s p e k dot t a k l, and uh, yeah, or just yeah, go to somewhatsoftware.com. All right. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, next week we're gonna have the guy that invented Spectacle, which is a software that tells you how tall football players are. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and and you said, did you say people where people can find you on social media? You have a Twitter, right? I do have a Twitter. Um, I do not know my handle by name. I'm very ill prepared for these I, I think situations. It's somewhat soft, right? <laughs> somewhat soft. Yeah, and that's that's it. Yeah, there you go. That's where I found you. Yeah. I think, William, I think me and you have been following each other under my uh, horror you haven't played brand for a very long time. Yes, 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 we have. <sighs> yeah, spoiler, that's just me. Like, have you ever thought it was like a company or a group of people? Nope, just me. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, you know, I just appreciate everybody's effort to uplift the whole horror indie community and everybody's doing their part I'm going to be a fan of. So, yeah. I'm doing my part. Yes, you are, and I'm a fan as well. I'm doing. My, it's a, I'm making a Starship Troopers joke. It's a, oh. it's a movie by uh, fuck who directed Starship Troopers. How am I forgetting it? It's Denis Villeneuve, right? No, no, oh. Denis Villeneuve, Paul Verhoeven. Sorry, it's a different V. Yeah, yeah Paul, Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Uh, the fucking the ring guy. Yes, Paul Verhoeven. Yes, I'm very smart. Yeah. Very smart guy. No, fucking <laughs> Grin was Gore Verbinski. Fuck me. Shit, it's all the V's. They're all the same fucking. <laughs> V last name guy. director. They're all they all make good movies. Okay, they're all good directors. If your last name starts with the V, I don't know why you're not uh, directing movies because apparently it just means you're good at it. So that's well, my I, statement. Okay, well I'm Jans Volstrom, and this has been the Real Professional po- Podcast. I'm gonna I'm go Ted, make a movie now with my new last name. I'm Ted Henschke. Ted, all the things I direct are shit. Ted Vinchke. Ted Vinchke. No, that'd be if I want them <laughs> to be good, but I only make bad stuff. And and our fantastic guest William Vumwet. Von, oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's wow. I'm a lord now. <laughs> William Von Watt. Okay. Everyone, thank you oh, for fantastic. joining. Thank you. All Thank right. you very much. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.